0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. I am so glad you're here with me tonight. I'm actually taping this on a Sunday evening, and I have to tell you, this weekend was pretty relaxing. We did not have a single thing that we had to do. Um, We went to church this morning, and then this afternoon, I took my son Parker out driving, which is always A fun and stressful experience. I would love to poll all of you when it comes to teaching your children how to drive because I'm curious if this is just my children or if this is just all new drivers in general but why do new drivers feel the need to only brake when they are three feet away from the car in front of them? I don't know how many times I keep yelling start braking please start braking. Can we brake now? Parker, just brake. To the point where he like jumps up in his seat. He's like, mom, chill. I got this. I'm like, no, you don't. Why are we slamming the brakes on? I just don't understand. And so today we drove to the the driving course that he will eventually uh, go on when he goes to get his license. And we're on all these back curvy back roads. And the speed limit clearly says like 25 on this very curvy road. But yet, for whatever reason, he's fine and I'm supposed to chill. And so very, very stressful. I will say, um, he did really good with the parallel parking. So definitely needs a little bit more practice. But for his very first time parallel parking, he did decent. So we'll get there. I'll keep you posted. But this driving thing is tough and stressful. And so I thought, what better episode to talk about today than stress and specifically cortisol, because I often get the question, you know, do you think I have high cortisol levels? Is that what is keeping me away from losing weight? Like what, what hormones do I need to get in check? That's a really common buzzword that I hear a lot. Like I need to get my hormones checked. I think they're the reason why I'm not able to, to meet my goals. So today we're going to talk all about cortisol and we're going to talk specifically about stress and how that impacts you and your specific nutrition goals or your health goals. Because cortisol does have an impact. Stress has an impact. You know, when we check, well, I should back up when somebody comes to me and says, you know, it's not working, something's not working. So I always look at the nutrition first, you know, let's look at your journals, let's look what you're eating. And if I don't see anything, you know, al- there are no alarms with the nutrition part. I talk about exercise, I talk about water, I talk about sleep, and then I also talk about stress. Because when your body's in a stressed out state, weight loss is not going to be a top priority. You have to remember, your body sees stress, or I should back up. Your body sees weight loss as a threat. Your body also sees stress as a threat that needs to be taken care of. But your body sees weight loss as a threat. So if your body is in this constant fight or flight mode, and it's constantly stressed out, and then you try to add weight loss on top of that stress, your body's going to be like, no. Your body's going to be like, chill. We need to first take care of stress before we even begin to think about weight loss. So we're going to talk specifically about hormones today. We're going to talk about stress and how we can make sure that this particular um component isn't interfering with your weight loss goals or your specific nutrition goals. So first of all, let's just define stress, right? Stress is basically when the demands, whether these are external demands, internal demands, they exceed your body's ability to cope with it, right? Thank goodness we have a hardwired system built in your body to handle stress right you have a hardwired wired system it's not something you have to tell your body to do when it's stressed out it just naturally does it so when you feel stressed your hypothalamus which is a small part of your brain near the base in the rear what happens is your hypothalamus sends off alarms and it's through a combination of nerves and hormones that send signals to your adrenal glands to release hormones. Now your adrenal glands sit right on top of your kidneys. And the two hormones that are secreted when you are stressed, again, because the hypothalamus told it to do it, uh, is adrenaline and cortisol. Adrenaline is going to be responsible for increasing your heart rate, increasing your blood pressure, and giving you this surge of energy. It's basically your fight or flight, right? Something is happening. You need to take action. So, we're going to give you the energy to do that. Cortisol is responsible for increasing sugar in your bloodstream, it enhances your brain's use of glucose. And it also increases substances in your blood for tissue repair. So this is the part of your body that is your fuel supply, right? We're going to increase your heart rate, your blood pressure, blood pressure give you energy, but we're also going to increase sugar in your bloodstream so that you can quickly utilize it for energy if you need it. You got to have an energy supply. It's gonna help your brain take up that glucose so you can make great decisions very quickly. And then it's also going to help your body make repairs very quickly so you can have sustained energy to fight whatever stress is going on. Now, in addition to boosting these systems to help you take action, your body also slows down systems that are not necessary for fight or flight. So an example of this would be um, it suppresses your digestive system. Because again, digesting food, not a priority if you're running away from a tiger, right? Your body's like, let's just take our time and make sure we're absorbing all the nutrients here. Now, your body is putting all the blood into your muscles so you can move. So your digestive tract or your digestive system is suppressed, Another system that is suppressed is your reproductive system. Because again, when things are stressed out, your body's not like, let's make a baby right now. That's a good idea. Of course not. Your body will start suppressing some of these systems, which is why if you maybe are trying to get pregnant, your doctor will tell you to try to calm down and not be so stressed. Because your systems aren't going to work as efficiently in a stressed environment. All right. It also alters your immune system. You might find that you pick up more colds or you're sick more often due to stress. And it's just because, again, your body is getting you prepped for action. And it's suppressing those systems that aren't a top priority in the moment. Now all that just naturally happens without you having to begin the system, right? Your hypothalamus just sends out those signals, your adrenal glands produce those two hormones, and your body is wired for action. Now, once that stress level decreases, adrenaline and cortisol return to normal, as it should, right? We don't want those levels to stay elevated. But, When stress is always present, those levels remain high. And when those levels are high, it increases your risk of a whole lot of issues. Issues like anxiety and depression, digestive problems, headaches, muscle pain, heart disease, stroke, sleep problems, memory impairment, obesity, right? I'm not telling you things that you don't know, right? When you're stressed out, it's harder to sleep. When it's stressed out, you're increasing your risk of stroke because your blood pressure is staying elevated. Headaches, digestive problems. Again, this is not news, but I want you to understand the mechanisms of how all this takes place. So when we talk about the need for you know, bringing these levels down, you can take them seriously because you can understand and physiologically understand what's happening in your body. All right? When you're stressed out, it's hard to remember things. And you might be like, "I am losing my mind. Why am I not remembering these things?" Yeah. Because your body's stressed because you have higher levels of adrenaline and cortisol in your body. All right? So There's a lot of things that are going on, right? And one of the things that I find that we often do is we chase the symptoms, right? So you have a headache or you have digestive properties and your thought is, well, let me go take a probiotic or let me go take a Motrin to get rid of the headache. And what we're doing is we're chasing the symptoms, but when we chase the symptoms, we can't change the underlying problem, right? Instead of recognizing, oh, I, my body is stressed out. I need to do something different. We just take medications or we just power through, you know, we just take a pill, whatever that looks like to fix the symptoms, but eventually that's not going to work or it's not going to work long term. We're going to end up doing some damage to our bodies. And some of those, some of that damage can't be reversed. I remember I had a, a guy I was working with who had some liver problems. And that liver problems was from a, decades, I believe, of taking medications for headaches because his job was so stressful, right? And so now he is dealing with a liver that's not functioning at its best, right? That's, that's damage that you can't necessarily get back. He's doing phenomenal, but that's damage you can't get back, right? Instead of recognizing, like, I have this intense headache every day, all day, <laughs> What is going on? My body's trying to tell me I have a headache for a reason. And instead, we just are like, no, let's just take medicine to cover it up and and we'll be fine. But we're not getting to the root of the problem. And as you know, as I mention all the time, I am all about getting to the root of the problem. Right? We can't keep chasing symptoms. It's only going to work for so long. One of my famous lines, and if you are one of my clients, you have heard me say it countless times, is I need to reintroduce you to you. For so long, you've been trying to disassociate with your body, ignore your body's signals, not tune in, pay attention because that would be work and who has time for more work, but that's exactly what you need. Your body will tell you what is going on if you listen. We just need to teach you how to listen. We need to teach you what those signals are so that when they happen, you know the correct steps to take. All right? There are absolutely some things that we can't control. Right? We can't control when a loved one gets sick and is in the hospital. That's stress. We can't control when our kids... Don't sleep through the night because of night terrors. Can't control that, right? But then there are other things that we can control. And we choose not to because we don't want to maybe hurt someone's feelings or we don't want to appear inadequate. We don't create boundaries when we need to to protect ourselves. So for example, um, is if you work from home. And you log on to work at seven in the morning because you're just going to check your email real quick and just see, you know, if there's anything that you are going to need to put your attention to. But instead of looking at the email and getting off, now you, you know, are sucked in and have started answering emails since seven o'clock and now you haven't eaten breakfast. And you just go right into work and you work through lunch and you finally log off around dinner time. may see your kids for an hour or two, maybe go to an event and then log back into work around 8 o'clock because you just want to get a little bit ahead for the next day. And instead of resting or instead of putting the computer away because you don't want to be the person that isn't pulling their weight, isn't getting the job done you that lack of boundary right is creating lots of stress in your life it's creating stress in your family life it's creating stress for you to always be working it was easier when you went to work at least then you just logged into the computer when you got there and when you left you you left but now that's rare and listen I am not judging anyone because I am just as much to blame for this. I am terrible about logging back into work at night. You know, just I just want to check one thing. It's just all the emails come to me. So I see them all, right? It's not like I have to be physically at work to see the incoming emails. And when people have questions, I don't wait to the next business day to answer them. I answer them right away. Because I don't want them to sit there and, and be challenged or, or worried or stressed out. So I'll make myself stressed out to try to answer in a timely fashion instead of just shutting it down and saying, you know what, tomorrow I can address this. So I think, well, this is just my opinion, you know, we're no longer living in balance We're living in tech. We're living in technology. There are demands on us all the time. And some of them are external, right? Like from work, our boss. And some of them are internal, right? You know, social media. That is another demand, right? So what I'd like you to think about is when it comes to stress, and it comes to health, and it comes to your weight, like health is your whole entire body, your mind and your physical body. It goes way beyond the scale. And so we need to start paying attention to what are the things we can control, what are the things we can't, and then focus on the things we can control, like the serenity prayer tells us. All right, so I want to give you just three action points of things you can do if you recognize that you, you're in a stressed out state more often than you want to be. Like if I asked you right now to rate your stress on a scale from one to 10, where do you fall? And is that number higher than what you want it to be? Right, is that number higher? I mean, we can blame COVID all we want right covid was this moment in time where we began to exist in an elevated stress state and that stress state was supposed to come down but it never did and so now we just learn to operate at a higher normal and it's it's wearing on us it's taking its toll i've got kids in my office that are so f- filled with anxiety and whether that turned into an eating disorder or digestive problems it's there. Like we no longer get to tell our kids how resilient they are. You don't get to choose for somebody else if they are resilient. That comes from within the that person. But it's time we stop telling people how resilient you are and no, they're suffering. They're they're trying to exist in a state of stress, and their bodies can't handle it, their minds can't handle it. And it's time we set some boundaries in place. We have to because nobody's going to do it for us. So three things I want to kind of walk you through. If you mentioned that or if you rated your stress levels high, and or rated them higher than what you'd like them to be. So the first thing is when you notice that you are in a stress state, right? Asking yourself the question, what do I need right now? What do I need right now? See, now when you're stressed, sometimes your brain will say, I need chocolate, (laughs) right? Your brain doesn't say, Adrian, I detect higher than normal levels of adrenaline and cortisol in your body right now. We should do some deep breathing, No. My brain says, I want chocolate. Right? And so what I teach is when you have a thought about food, and again, you have over 60,000 thoughts that come in and out of your brain all day long. There is going to be quite a few that have to do with food. You have to pause. You have to check in with yourself. You know, check your, your, stomach? Do you feel any uncomfortable sensation in your stomach that is saying that you're actually hungry right now? Right? When you are in a stress state, you typically don't feel a hollow hunger feeling. Remember, your digestive tract is suppressed. So you're not going to be getting lots of hunger hormones when you're in a stress state so it would make sense that if your body's saying i want chocolate you would check in with your stomach just to make sure there's an actual need to be met now if there is great go eat but if there's not let's do some more investigative work right a lot of times we feel our stress in our chest region So do you feel a thumping? Do you feel a rattling? Do you feel a vibration? Do you feel a constriction? Do you feel a restlessness? These are all good indicators that your body is dealing with a stressful emotion. And again, more work needs to be done. Let's start to investigate. You know, when I feel some type of uncomfortable sensation in my chest, it doesn't mean I'm really great at pinpointing what that emotion is right away. I usually have to ask myself some follow-up questions. Well, are you angry? Are you sad? Are you mad? Are you bored? Are you agitated? Like I literally go through a list of the major emotions until I'm able to figure it out. I don't assume I know. Because sometimes emotions can get tricky. Sometimes they're real easy. Like when you feel sad and you cry, you know you feel sad. But when you feel restless or bored, sometimes that gets a little tricky. It could be similar to agitated, it could be similar to anxious. And so you ask yourself more questions. What do I feel right now? And once you understand what you feel, then you can ask this really great question. What do I need right now? Do I just need to take some deep breaths and try to calm down my sympathetic nervous system? Do I need a hug? Do I need to have a conversation with somebody? What do I need right now? Do I need to feel warmth Do I need to feel support? What do I need right now? Remember, this is going to change in the moment, but asking yourself the question, what you need can be really, really insightful versus just going with whatever pops into your head. Like I need chocolate, right? And you know what? Maybe sometimes you do need chocolate and that's okay right? Emotional eating is normal. It's normal. Even for people who have a great healthy relationship with food, every once in a while, they emotional eat. They won't tell you that, but they do because it's normal. It's just if you're always emotionally eating in every circumstance, we may want to decrease the frequency a little bit. All right. Number two, Second thing you're going to do is, is you're going to check in with yourself. If you're noticing your stress levels are high, or am I giving my body what it needs to face the day? Am I giving my body what it needs to face the day? So let me give you some examples of what your body needs to face the day, a day, any day. It needs fuel, meaning nutrition. It needs food. Now, ideally, you want to give it food that can be easily utilized and that you get some type of benefit from. So healthy foods, nutritious foods, nutrition, vitamins, minerals, proteins, carbs, fats, water. Right. Are you giving your body fuel or are you trying to run on empty? Are you stressed out and then also trying to restrict your calories so that on top of stress now you're hungry and miserable. Because I'm sure that will work out just well. Right? Are you giving your body enough fuel to face the day? Number two, are you moving your body? Or are you tethered to a chair all day long? Remember, movement is so important to giving those emotions a place to go like out of you, (laughs) right? That's why I always tell people, that's why I like running so much, because I like feeling my feet hit the pavement. I like focusing on breath. I also like counting things. Does anybody else count when they run? Like I count mailboxes, I count light posts, I count doors, especially if I'm going up a hill, it just gives me something else to focus on. Plus, I like to look around. You know, every time I run, I absolutely see something that I haven't seen before, even if I'm running the same loop. You know, the best way to see something new is take a walk with a four-year-old. I actually went for a walk with my friend and her daughter. Uh, gosh, this is maybe two months ago. Um, she was transitioning to another school and we brought her along for our walk. And my goodness, She pointed out so many things that we both have missed and we've been doing the same loop probably for two years now. So it's always fun to see it through a child's eyes. But are you moving your body or are you tethered to a chair all day long and you're just letting your emotions fester inside of you? Are you giving your body rest or are you cutting yourself short on that? Like it's no wonder you're you're overly stressed every day when you're not resting, right? Are you prioritizing sleep? Are you getting that ideal six to eight hours every night, depending on your body? Some people need more. Some people need less. Some some people fit right into that range, right? Or are you staying up too late and then exhausted the next morning only to do it again? All right. You know, I kind of... What was that? Um, I think it was like a verse. It wasn't a verse. No, I'm lying. But it was like etched onto a sign or something that said like too busy not to pray. Um, And I wholeheartedly believe that like my schedule is is too busy not to invite God into the conversation every morning. Um, but I also feel that way, too busy not to fuel myself appropriately, too busy not to go to bed on time, too busy not to exercise, right? Like those pillars are so important in keeping my mental health in check. Some days are better than others. But I found when I can focus on nutrition, sleep, movement, and rest my stress levels are manageable I'm not feeling that constriction in my windpipe day in and day out I feel good I feel ready to tackle the day so ask yourself are you giving your body what it needs to face the day or are you holding out on, on it and then getting frustrated when you're not seeing results and then finally the third tip is keep it simple. Simplicity is everything. All right. I mentioned this before. I'm giving Jim credit and that's not something I do often, but in this case, he deserves all the credit. He always tells me you cannot add something without subtracting something else. You cannot add another thing to your plate without subtracting something else. So we'll use the example of a weight loss goal, right? I'm going to lose 10 pounds by summer. Great. All right. Next question is, how are you going to do that? What are you going to give up so that you can focus on losing those 10 pounds by summer? So you can maybe meal plan and grocery shop and, and learn about nutrition, Right? What are you going to give up so that you can actually achieve that goal? Same thing with, with kids and schedules, right? It's great when, you know, your kids are older and they get to do fun, exciting things. Yeah, it's great. But you can't just keep adding more things to the list. Like there's piano lessons and then there's art class and then there's there's soccer practice. And then I want to get them involved in you know volunteering and then i want to get them involved in this and you just keep adding and and all those things are not just one night a week they're all three nights a week i can't tell you how many people come into my office so overwhelmed and overstressed by not only their work obligations but then all the things that they sign their kids up for they did it themselves and it's just like, well, I don't want my kid to, f- to be left behind. Well, what we're doing is we're passing on our stress to our kids because they get home and we're like, hurry up, get your homework done because you have five minutes to eat before we're out the door. That's not teaching them how to be less stressed. That's teaching them to exist in stress. And then we tell them how resilient they are and how great they are. You know, and then not only do we do that during the week, but then we do it all weekend long with tournaments and travel. My goodness, the traveling. It was awesome. I love being able to give kids opportunities, but what is up with all the traveling when they're six? Right? I don't ever remember a travel team growing up. Now, granted, I grew up in Lancaster County. And we may not have had all the opportunities that are available now in some of the suburbs and, and the cities, but I, I think the first sport I played was softball and that was fourth grade. There were no teams younger than that. I couldn't have played a sport if I wanted to until fourth grade. Now, I mean, fourth grade, that's what, nine years old? They've been playing for six years already. They've had six years of running around when they got, you know, they woke up, hurry up and eat, get out the door, go play this. We got to go here. We got to go here. And then that's only if you have one kid. What happens when you have multiple kids doing multiple things? I remember having a conversation with a lady. She had three boys and each boy was involved in at least two or three different activities in one season. And she's like, I just don't see how you do it with five. How do you get them everywhere? How do you make a healthy dinner? I'm like, yeah, we don't run around like that. You know, We've always tried to keep things very fair and even. um, But I only let my kids do one thing. One. Because I can't do it. I can't work and take them everywhere they need to be. Usually there's only one parent doing the running around at night. Because the other one's working. And one parent can't be at all the locations. Yeah, I'm working tomorrow night. A little bit later than I normally do. So Jim has to do pickup. I told the girls. Dad's probably going to be late. Just hang tight. He'll be there. But he's got to go pick Ben up first. And then he'll go pick you up. Right? Like, But we do it to ourselves. We sign them up. So I'm not saying don't let your kids do any activities. I just want you to be honest with yourself. And are you overscheduling yourself or your family to your own demise? Are you scheduling because you don't want to be left out of something or because you don't want people to think you can't keep up? But in the meantime, you're killing your body softly. At least just be honest with yourself, but let's get to the root of the problem, right? So I need you to ask yourself, what do you need right now, right? Do the body scan, do the body check-in before you just assume that that first thought in your head is, is the right one and you need to go eat chocolate because of it. Number two, Ask yourself with honesty, am I giving myself what it needs? Am I giving my body what it needs every day to work at its best? Am I fueling it? Am I giving it rest? Am I giving it water? Am I hydrating it? Am I resting? Did I say that one already? (laughs) Am I moving my body every day in a purposeful way? Again, this doesn't mean go out there and sprint three miles. It just means go for a walk. Right? You can step away from your desk for five minutes to go for a walk. Right? And then third, strive for simplicity. What do you need to subtract before you add one more thing to your plate? Right? I know that's not the popular suggestions or the popular advice, but it's the one that's going to allow for you to breathe, to let that adrenaline and cortisol levels get back down to a place where you can feel your best for you, for your family, for your goals. Just be honest with yourself and see what is the next step that makes sense to you to take. All right, let's get you your recipe. Today, we're going to do a sesame chicken couscous salad. All right, so for this recipe, you're going to need one and a half cups of chicken broth, a teaspoon of soy sauce, a teaspoon of, you can either do sesame oil here or olive oil. We're going to use some, we're going to use more olive oil later. So first, I'm going to actually, we're going to do this recipe a little bit different because in my cookbook, It tells you the ingredients you need and then the cooking step instead of listing all the ingredients and then all the steps. So first we're going to combine the one and a half cups of chicken broth, a teaspoon of soy sauce, and a teaspoon of either that sesame oil or olive oil. And we're going to put that in a saucepan and bring it to a boil. Next we're going to add... No, I lie. Man, I'm really butchering this recipe for you. So if you're following along here, great job. All right, next we're going to take a cup of uncooked couscous. We're going to place it in a large bowl and then stir in the boiling broth. Go ahead and cover that and let it stand five to eight minutes. And when it's done, go ahead and fluff with a fork. Next, you're going to stir in two sliced green onions and one large red bell pepper, chopped cover and refrigerate until chilled. The next step is you're going to steam one and a half cups of sugar snap peas or snow peas, whichever one you would like, and then add three quarter cup of broccoli florets and steam for two more minutes until crisp tender. So we're going to put the peas in first for a minute, give them a head start, add the broccoli and steam for another two minutes. And then we're going to rinse them in cold water and drain. So basically we're just going to um, cook them very quickly and then submerge them in some cold water to stop the cooking process. All right, then we're gonna add a cup of cooked chicken to the couscous and vegetables. All right, so following along here so far, hopefully. Next, we're gonna make a vinaigrette. So we're gonna use a quarter cup of lemon juice, two tablespoons of olive oil, two teaspoons of soy sauce, a quarter teaspoon of pepper, and a teaspoon of sesame oil. We're gonna combine all of them, I like putting that into a mason jar, and then pour it over the couscous mixture and mix it all together. And then finally, right before serving, we're gonna add a quarter cup of slivered almonds, you can toast them if you'd like, and a tablespoon of toasted sesame seeds. Now you can serve this salad chilled, you can serve it at room temperature, um, but it has some pretty great flavors. It's pretty to look at with all the greens and the reds and all the veggies, especially these are really great spring vegetables. So we wanna start highlighting recipes that are seasonal and I think you guys will really enjoy this one. All right, that's what I have for you today. I hope you guys have a fantastic week and I'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Bodymetrics Health. The book "Nourish, Eat, Repeat" is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.